And indeed, we are learning uh, that there are just some things we can do together. And if left to ourselves, we're unable to do. We celebrate today our partnership in the gospel, a partnership that we do not take for granted, a partnership that does make a difference in so many ways, a partnership that uh, clearly is a reflection of our relationship in Jesus Christ. The uh, poor widow gets a lot of play this time of year. This is the time of year when most churches, including this one, take a a considerable um, time of uh, attention around financial stewardship. The the faithfulness of the the poor widow is inspirational. Her sacrifice is, is, is nothing short of challenging. We read that very short story, and we, uh, we are challenged in that, in our own generosity and our own sacrifice. You, you know the story. A poor widow put in two copper coins as her offering there uh, in the temple court. Compared to those who were putting in more, her gift was so much more because it represented such a deep sacrifice Hers was uh, clearly out of her living rather than out of the excess of her living. The poor widow's heart was really into it. She was willing to go to any lengths to show her deep love and devotion to God. And one way, probably not the only way, but one way to, um, to express that was through uh, dropping in those two copper coins. The story is told of a pastor who uh, noticed a parishioner who was uh, giving sacrificially, even to the point where the pastor felt as though he needed to to intervene. Maybe you need to cut back a bit, said the pastor, and let others carry the load. The, the, The woman was quick to interrupt. Please don't deprive me of the opportunity to honor my God. Don't deprive me of that opportunity. I've always been challenged by that. Years ago, I visited a lady of uh, very limited means. I remember her putting three quarters into my hand and asking me to put those three quarters in the offering plate the very next Sunday. I knew her gift came at great sacrifice. I also remember visiting a fellow who had sold mineral mineral rights to his farm and had made millions. And I was always convinced that that man really never knew just how much money he had. In any time that I would visit, he would always give a gift to the church. If he reached for his wallet, it would always be a 20. If he went for the cigar box on the the mantle, it was always a hundred. His giving never seemed to to come at much sacrifice. In considering those two stories, I'm I'm left to consider how I sacrifice in in my giving, whether that be through service or whether that be through uh, financial means, to sacrifice or not is a challenge for us all, and, it, and in a way, we'll be considering that today. Today, we, uh, we find ourselves uh, 
focusing on Paul's response to the, the gift. The Philippian church sent him while he was under house arrest in, uh, in Rome. We, uh, we've talked about that uh, response here over the past couple of weeks. We, we find that response in the, the letter to the Philippian church. I understand the Philippian church was, was not all that well off when it came to material wealth, but they were rich in spirit and wanted to express themselves. The church in Philippi supported Paul early in his ministry. And as he began to, to branch out uh, beyond into, into the further reaches uh, beyond Philippi, they, they specifically sent him a gift, the scripture records, when he ministered in and around Thessalonica. After offering uh, that gift, they sort of lost track of him. Once he left Thessalonica, Paul was really all over the place, and the Philippian church really didn't know where he was. You might say that they lost his mailing address. Once they heard about Paul's imprisonment in Rome, though, some many, many years later, they immediately sent him a gift. They were quick to, to respond, to, to share, to, to be able to offer their response, their, their support. They put their gift in the trusted hands of a fellow by the name of Epaphroditus. He took that gift to Rome. Paul was uh, overjoyed, and he writes to his beloved church in Philippi. That gift warmed Paul's heart to no end for all sorts of reasons, which we'll get to in just a second. But first, let's read all about that as we um, turn to Philippians 4. Verses 14 through 20. Let's hear this from God's Word. Yet it was good of you to uh, share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me uh, and, and more than once when I was in need. Then, not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. God's Word for God's people. Thanks be to God. Well, I mentioned just a second ago that Paul's heart was warmed to, to, to no end. Paul's heart was warmed for all sorts of reasons because of the support of the Philippian church, that support that they sent his way while he was under house arrest in Rome. The first of those reasons that his heart was warmed had to do with uh, their initiative. The Philippians stepped right up, if you will, they, they would not be denied. They would not be denied when it came to expressing their thanks and their support 
toward God, certainly, but also to the Apostle Paul. Their, their thanksgiving was directed to Paul. There's no doubt about that. But their gift, their, their stepping right up, had everything to do with, uh, with offering their thanks to God as well. They were deeply thankful, deeply thankful for the new life that was theirs in Jesus Christ. And because of that, they were first in line when it came to giving. They, they could not be held back. They, they were right at the head of the line when it came to giving. Even when others were not giving, they would, would give. They couldn't, um, couldn't wait to give, even though they had been prevented from showing their concern for, for some time. Again, they had lost track of where Paul was. Immediately, though, upon hearing where he was, the gift was in the mail, if you will. And in this case, it was sent by courier, again, by Epaphroditus. Hear me when I say this in regard to the stuff of uh, stepping right up, of being first in line, that there has never been a more important time in, in the life of this church to step up when it comes to the support of the church. Next year will be a, a much uh, different year when it comes to the finances of the church. Over uh, the span of the pandemic, we have been uh, challenged, but yet all through our finances have remained strong, and yet we find ourselves continuing to um, emerge from the pandemic we, uh, we, we find ourselves moving into a new year, and it is uh, indeed uh, an important time to step up. The, the, the aid and support that we received through a, a payroll tax credit, which did benefit the church, there's absolutely no doubt about that, ran out at the end of June. We will not have the, the benefit of that moving into the, to the new year. And as I mentioned we're still uh, emerging from the pandemic, and there will be challenges ahead. Money aside, I will also say that there has uh, never been a more important time to step up when it comes to, to, to just being involved in ministry, volunteering, if you will, serving is a, a better way to put it around the church. We, we could use your help in reestablishing our, our usher corps. We're going to be, uh, as we move out of the pandemic, be, uh, be, be using ushers more than we certainly have during the, the pandemic. We could use more people to greet on Sunday morning. We need people to, to step up when it comes to preparing meals for those who are in, in need. Maybe they've been uh, hospitalized or have uh, had a loved one under, under some duress or they've, they've learned of some really significant uh, diagnosis. Regardless, we, we need more people to help in, in, uh, in, in, in preparing those meals. We could even uh, use your services, your gifts, if you will, by, by stepping up and, and being a part of the choir. There never has been a more critical time important time to step up. These indeed have been uncommon times, and they have, have worked to, to unsettle the, the regular flow of the, of the church. And some of that is good, but we find ourselves now uh, coming back together in, a, in, a, in, in big ways, 
Not that we have ever been so much apart because we've done a really good job of, of sticking together, of, of making our way through this pandemic, but, but we do need to step up in certain areas. And, and uh, I want you to consider that, not just in your, your giving, but also in your serving. So Paul's heart was warmed about the, the Philippians stepping up. His heart was also warmed uh, because they, they, they wanted to give repeatedly. Uh, we can uh, just track, even with the very short note that is in the, the Scripture, that, that they just didn't give support to Paul while he was in Philippi, but they supported his ministry as he moved in and around Macedonia and, and well beyond. They, they not only helped Paul when he was there in Philippi, but but as he ministered in, in, in and around Macedonia, and then, and then as he stayed in Thessalonica for, for quite a while, the Philippian church gave and gave again. And again, in a word, they gave repeatedly. They, they wanted to give. They needed to give. Now, there are times for, for us all, and I know this happens for me, that we become a little fatigued when it comes to giving. That waves over me uh, every now and then, particularly given the number of, of requests that, that I receive. I know I'm, I'm not alone in, in that fatigue when it comes to, to giving. When that sort of fatigue sets in, and let's, let's face it, it, it does set in, I remind myself to refocus and to consider why I give in the first place. Immediately, I consider Jesus and the way he gave himself for me and my salvation, the way he gives himself over and over again, proving himself worthy of my trust every time. It's always good to refocus upon Jesus and to consider those many ways that he, uh, that he meets my needs the way he meets your needs on a daily basis. Considering Jesus and the ways that he meets our needs has a way of uh, rekindling um, the, 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 the deep desire to, to go ahead and give. And as you give, you always uh, rejoice and are thankful and, and know that there are a lot of good things that are, that are done. It just sort of frees us to, to be the sort of people that, that God would have us to be. Those two things, remembering Christ and his offer of salvation for our lives in the many ways that he meets our needs, that always revitalizes me in regard to my giving. I said it before. I'll say it again that for Cheryl and me, one of the greatest joys of our marriage, our relationship together, is, uh, is giving. We look forward to, to, to doing that uh, every time we can. Paul's heart was warmed. It was warmed because the, the Philippians had uh, stepped up. It was warmed because they uh, had given over and over again. They, they proved themselves to be consistent in that. Paul's heart was also warmed because he knew that the generosity of the Philippian church did way more for them than it did for him. He knew these things. 
he knew that their giving allowed them to participate in something that was much bigger than themselves. It happens for us as well. When we give, we, uh, we take the opportunity to, to contribute to that, which is much bigger than ourselves. Paul knew that, uh, that the giving of the Philippians allowed them to stay involved when, when distance prevented them from working side by side with, with Paul. And that's the case for us. You know, when we, uh, when we give, and, and when we give even through this church, we're, we're participating in a, in a broad enterprise of, of supporting ministries that are, are near, but also ministries that stretch all the way around the world. Paul knew that uh, the giving of the Philippian church allowed them to move the needle when it, uh, when it came to furthering God's kingdom. Finances have a way of, uh, of really making a difference in, in furthering God's kingdom. They, they become, in a sense, the, the fuel by which we are able to do ministry. Now, that doesn't discount the provision of God or the power of the Spirit in our midst, but, but, but the giving of our, of our finances, our, our financial resource, does have a way of, of catalyzing things and to make ministry possible. Paul knew that the giving by the Philippians, more importantly, increased their joy. And their focus was right where it needed to be, upon Christ. That was the reason for their giving. And it was the reason that they were so excited about that. And Paul wanted, certainly, to, to recognize that in every way by, by commending them and offering his thanks. Paul also knew that the contrary was true. He knew that if they didn't give, they would become dry in spirit, myopic in their scope, narrow-minded in their approach, nearsighted in their gaze, and worst of all, hard-hearted in their relationship with God. That's just the way it is when we hold on instead of letting go. We just miss the boat on, on so many things that God would have us to experience. Generosity has a way of, uh, of, of, of making our, our, our spirits ready to, to receive God's good work in our lives. We, we find ourselves broadening our, our horizon and the great things that God can do, the, the potential of His, uh, His good work in our lives. We we don't just have this narrow approach to things, but, but we go at it broadly, knowing that God sees all and is involved in all. We, above all things, find our hearts warmed every time we give. I love this illustration uh, offered by the great preacher and author, Harry Emerson Fosdick. He says, uh, in talking about the the, the Sea of Galilee in comparison to the Dead Sea. He says that they're made up of the, of the same water. It flows down clear and cool from the heights of Mount Hermon and the roots of the cedars of Lebanon. The Sea of Galilee makes beauty of it. For the Sea of Galilee has an outlet. It has an outlet. It gathers in its riches that may that, that may come, then, then pours them out again to fertilize the Jordan plain. It gets to give. 
It releases. But the Dead Sea, with the water, makes horror. The Dead Sea has no outlet. It only gets to keep. And hence, it becomes the Dead Sea. What a wonderful image. Certainly an image that is apropos to each of our lives. Are we going to be more like uh, the, the Sea of Galilee that has that outlet? Or more like the Dead Sea that just holds on for dear life? Giving is an honor. I found that to be the case, and indeed it's true. Giving does so much good. It not only benefits others, but it, it, it benefits you and me. It benefits our lives in every way. It puts us to expressing ourselves rightly. Ultimately, when we give, we give to God. Paul recognized this in in commending the Philippians for what they did. He says in Philippians 4.18, your gift is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. There's a sweet smell to giving. You know, when Paul talks about this fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, you know, he's... uh, he, he's, he's, he's moving us right to the altar. And, and the, the, the way that uh, persons in, in that day would, uh, would worship, there would be incense and that, that, that pleasing aroma that would, would move God's way. There is a sweet smell to giving. It has a way of permeating everything that we do. That is certainly true for our, our life together our partnership, if you will. When we give ourselves to one another, that partnership is is built up. There's a a sweet, sweet smell of that as the sweet, sweet spirit of, of God's Holy Spirit is in our midst. It's also true when we, we give to one another in, in, in our families, when, when we find ourselves supporting one another, giving ourselves to, to one another without apology, I assert that the act of giving is an act of worship that is pleasing to God. God takes what we give. He multiplies it all to the furtherance of his kingdom. Giving, whether it involves dollars and cents or whether it involves our service to, to, to others, is a sweet smell to our God. I've tried over the past uh, few weeks to offer a bit of a a narrative budget. Just this uh, week, uh, you received uh, a uh, one-page copy of what that narrative uh, budget represents. And if you haven't looked at it uh, carefully, I want to encourage you to do that. Take out that that narrative budget, look at that pie chart, and, and, and see how we invest our monies for, for ministry. Rest assured, we are not throwing money to the wind when it comes to us investing in ministry. We are trying at every turn to stay true to our, our vision statement of making a difference by following Christ, by offering hope, by uh, uh, serving others, and certainly by loving everyone. 
And that sort of thing, that making a difference is, is, is no more evident than the investment that we make in, in, in the lives of, of children and, and youth. We make that investment not only with the children and youth that are a part of this faith community, but we, we also have a much broader reach uh, attempting to, to touch the, the lives of children and youth throughout this community. Our ministry to, to children and youth is, is, is influential in, in helping young people connect with Christ and then growing in Him. It's critical. And I've got to tell you, I have found that there is no greater honor than to come alongside a young person and to nurture them in the faith. We make every effort to try to make a difference in this regard. And know that when we reach out to children and youth, we're, we're also reaching out to their families, families that certainly need support and, and encouragement, notwithstanding the sort of support and encouragement that comes with, um, with knowing and responding to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's an honor to, to, be, to be in ministry with the children and youth of this church and even beyond. I know that you join me in that. It is, quite frankly, a big part of our partnership together, reaching out to those who are younger among us. So let's get down to it. Just like Paul did with the Philippian church, let's be reminded of this. God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Getting right down to it, let's affirm today, but then let's leave assured that God will meet all our needs in the grand, uh, grand offer that he makes to our lives through Jesus Christ. God will take care of our needs. God's taking care of our needs. He's, he's done that in the past. He will continue to do that in the future, whether that uh, involves any one of us as individuals, whether it involves any of our families, and certainly whether it involves the life of our church. With that in mind, let's find, us then, find ourselves then better prepared to make our grateful response. You know, we, we look back here in this season and, and we, uh, we consider the, the things for which we're thankful. It's Thanksgiving season. It is a wonderful season. It's important that we're gathered here today to, to, to offer our thanksgiving. And as we say thanks to God, may it be that our hearts are stirred to the end that we are able to make a grateful response, even as we look forward to what that grateful response would look like in, into the coming year, knowing that God will take care of our every need in the power and presence of His Son, Jesus Christ. So as it, off, as it is often repeated in, in Africa, coming from hearts of, of joy, hearts of faith, and lives that are ready to respond with trust, God is good all the time.
God is good. God is good. All the time, God is good. And for that alone, let us be thankful. And let us find ourselves at the very place of responding, placing our full trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to continue to be with us, to empower our lives, and to move us forward as individuals, as families, and certainly as partners together in this ministry called St. John United Methodist Church. So let me uh, offer this to you. In the mail this week, you should have received not only that narrative budget, but a letter from uh, Randy Shear, our finance chair, and then also a, a pledge card. Uh, we received that in our household. Uh, we have that uh, ready to return to the church. I want to ask you to, uh, to do the same, to uh, fill out um, uh, your, uh, your, your pledge card today and to, to bring it uh, forward and, and place it in the basket that is here uh, at the altar. There are uh, pledge cards at the end of each pew. And then our, our good buddy, uh, Stephen Lundy, will, uh, will have a stack that if you, uh, you need one, uh, he'll be sure to, uh, to, to give, uh, give that to you. Let's, uh, uh, if, you, if you raise a hand, Stephen will be, be present to be able to, to help you with that. Uh, we'll spend this time in worship and prayer. There's no reason to hurry, uh, but we will ask you to come and, uh, and, and place those cards uh, in the basket. And you're certainly welcome either before or after you do to, to pray. You can do that here, do that at this, this railing. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray before we, uh, we, we get this portion of our worship, and it is worship. Uh, it, let's, uh, let's pray, and, and as, we, uh, as we do so, may God move in our midst. God, thank you for uh, your deep blessings. We do thank you for meeting all our needs according to the riches of, of uh, your glory in Jesus Christ. Lord, um, we pray that um, as we seek to respond and to do so faithfully as we anticipate um, uh, the time ahead, we, we just want to rest ourselves in you. One, thanking you for your every blessing and two, um, dedicating ourselves to placing ourselves in, 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 in your hands. Lord, we do long to be faithful. We do long to be uh, full of trust. Thank you, Lord, for being in our midst today and giving us the opportunity to say thanks with our grateful response. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.